Welcome to the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera and I am your host, career coach, and job search ally. People strive to find career happiness, purpose, and satisfaction, and yet end up in a career path that does not align with their goals and overall purpose. If you are launching your career or ready for your next career move, this podcast will empower you to pave your path and take the action steps to get you where you need to be. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the 47th episode of the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. I'm Liz Herrera, and I'm your host. Let me ask you a question. How easy is it for you to speak about your workplace accomplishments and contributions? Do you find it challenging to share your successes and shiny moments with your supervisor, your colleagues, or even during a job interview? You may be one of many that feel uncomfortable with self-promotion. However, it is important to recognize that having this skill can be vital in your career enhancement. My guest today shares her personal story that while she was successful in her role and in her projects, for a number of reasons, she chose to stay in the shadows, which in turn hindered her from advancing within her organization. She learned from this experience and wanted to share with others how to increase visibility in the workplace and how to reframe how we may view self-promotion. So allow me to introduce my guest today. Jeanette Botha is the VP of Sales Development at a multinational company based in Europe. In 2015, she completed the International Coaching Certification through ICF and started her side business, where she has worked with clients across 21 countries. Jeanette has worked in the banking, financial, logistics, retail, and hospitality sectors. She has lived and worked in South Africa, Singapore, and now is living in Germany. Welcome to the show, Jeanette. Thank you, Liz. I was so excited to speak to you today. Absolutely. And so I see that you are a certified coach. Uh, and so I'm, I'm curious, before we dive in, what can you share a little more information about your independent business and what types of clients you work with? Yes, absolutely. I um, fell in love with coaching in 2008 when I first really got into the topic and really understood coaching and the power of coaching. And um, so when I did my certification in 2015, um, I was super excited to start to work with people in the corporate world. So mostly my clients are um, new leaders who had just stepped into their first leadership role. Um, sometimes very specialist um, as well, or wanting to develop uh, professional skills, like, for example, delegation, communication, etc. And then I also have a few senior executives and C-suite executives that I that I coach. That's fascinating. So what what motivated you to work in this area? Mm -hmm. I uh, the biggest motivation for me on the coaching was because I could see the difference in people. Um, I could see people make shifts 
and have aha moments in an hour coaching session that that was probably a block for them for years and years and years. And um, I just find it fascinating that the method and the model of coaching can help us to just unblock some of our beliefs or unblock some of the things that we think are holding us back or even the things that we are not aware of. And then that just starts the process for people to develop their careers, um, find more peace, find inspiration in their jobs. Uh, so I feel that coaching is extremely successful tool to help you to achieve results and goals. You are in the right profession. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, such a great motivator in, in being a coach and helping people make a shift, you know, a, a change of mindset, uh, transformation, empowerment. Um, I just, you know, I'm just smiling from ear to ear. I, I love hearing that uh, from fellow fellow coaches. And so you and I connected um, and we had a conversation. And so, you know, you, you know, in your bio, uh, it says that you are currently a VP of sales development. Uh, however, you learned a valuable lesson uh, in obtaining this role. Can you share your experience? Yes, um, I I understand that you call it a valuable lesson. At the time, it was uh, extremely painful. But um, in 2016, actually at the end of 2015, I was on a high in my career. Um, I was working for a very strong leader in our organization. And um, the projects that we were implementing received funding. And it was just a good mood and things were going really well. And then one day um, we got a invite, an outlook invitation from my manager to say, everyone, urgent meeting in, in the meeting room. And during this meeting, he told us that he will leave the business with immediate effect due to illness. Mm -hmm. So um, he needed to just um, focus on his family and getting better. And that was a shock for me personally, because he was one of my best managers and leaders. Um, and it was also a shock for the organization because he was really well respected within the organization. And um, he had also a fantastic career ahead of him. So in that moment, of course, we didn't have a, have a direct leader. And for the interim, until the new person was appointed, we would report into our regional CEO. And in this moment of crisis, I made the decision to just focus on doing my job, to make sure my projects run smoothly, to contribute to the team, um, not to add pressure to anyone, and, and just get things done. And everyone in my team, my peers, did the same thing, except they also uh, set up meetings with our CEO, who we are interim reporting to. So throughout the whole 2016, while this position was being filled, a new person was being recruited, they were promoting themselves in a very good way uh, with our CEO. And I was invisible and silent and just doing the job. And basically what this meant was throughout 2016, I took a step back, step back every week, every month, further and further into the background. And so when the start of 2017, I realized that I made a big mistake because I was so badly positioned at that moment. And I went from a real high to an absolute low in 
where I was in my career. The, the projects were running well and um, I was achieving success, but I was not noticed and I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like I was getting the same level of credibility or um, notice as what I did two years before. So that was a big mistake. And um, I also realized that the only way or one of the ways that I could get myself out of this is to now push myself to be more visible. Uh, to speak up in meetings, to present well when I need to present well, um, to set up meetings with my leaders, even though I'm intimidated, or even though I feel like, what what do I even have to offer? You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to intrude on their time, for example. And um, I, I had to make the decision to just put that fear and that uncertainty aside and go for it and be visible. Like you said, you know, I, 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 I called it a valuable lesson, but it's a hard lesson, a valuable, but a hard lesson. And this really resonates with me. And I know that it also will resonate with others. Um, and, I, and I'm going to say especially women. Um, so I feel that it's so easy to focus on the work. So like you're, you were saying earlier, you're saying, you know, my projects were still successful, but you didn't articulate that, right? So you didn't have that visibility. I'm curious, Jeanette, why were you, why did you feel like you didn't have to talk about the successes where you're like, well, I'm just doing my work. Mm-hmm. What other than being intimidated, are were there other reasons that you felt that you needed, that you didn't need to share your yeah. projects? Um, I think, and this is something that I sometimes uh, pick up with my coaching clients as well. It is also cultural. So if you are, um, if you grow up in a culture where um, children are seen and not heard or Mm -hmm. respect your elders, I I see in myself, I know, and also in uh, my coaching clients, we have this vision of senior leaders as the authority. So we need to be quiet. Where in in countries or in cultures that's more egalitarian, there's more equalness between the levels. And I believe one of the things that um, held me back was just that vision of what do I have to offer? Um, it is just little Jeanette and her projects, um, you know, so why should I take 30 minutes of, of his time? And that um, that is a mistake because also he came from an egalitarian culture, which means he's actually quite used to junior, senior people you know, speaking to him. So he doesn't have that necessarily, that belief, but it, it came from me. So that is one reason. Um, and I I always look out for this in myself and also my coaching clients, because it's not necessary to really have that belief um, if the other person is not is not on the same space as, as you are in, in this topic. I also think, and I, you know, in reflection on all of this, is that it was also the easy way out. You know, and I hate to admit it, Liz. It's just like, it's horrible for me to admit this. But it was also easier not to do it because um, you have to prepare for it. There is stress beforehand. There's maybe anxiety as well. Um, The actual meeting, because of what I tell myself, is uh, maybe challenging for me. And so I just chose, you know, the road of least resistance. And I paid for it. Like I said, in my opinion, um, this... Uh, period where I was stepping back and stepping back, it took me probably 18 months to 24 months to get back, to get myself back. So if I could, if I could 
um, equate where I was at the beginning of this whole process and where I, to get myself back to that moment was about two years. So it's a big, that's a big thing. It's a big mistake in a, in a way, you know, because if you, if you think about not only progression, but also salary, mm-hmm. um, you know, on this new role. And I feel, of, of course, I learned a lot of skills in the two years um, prior to my promotion. But in essence, I could have been on this level and on this grade way earlier than I was. Um, yeah. So that is how it turned out for me. But there is there's implications for me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, your truth and, and for being transparent. And I think these are lessons learned that will be helpful for, you know, anyone that's listening to this, including myself, because, uh, again, a lot of the things that you're sharing really do resonate with me on a personal level, because you mentioned something even cultural, the same thing, you know, growing up, it's like, you don't interrupt your elders, and you only speak when spoken to. And all of those things really are ingrained, and you bring that into your professional career, uh, but they can be detrimental. Um, and so I, you know, you said something that I'm like, yes, I feel the same way. Like, sometimes even like with, you know, in, in having scheduling meetings with supervisors, I'm like, oh, they're so busy. You know, I don't want to waste their time unless I have something really, really important or just being in the background. Like I just, you know, I'm a busy bee and I work and my, my work will, uh, show for itself and I don't need to talk about it. Uh, so in, in that vein, what are some, what are some strategies for, for people to be more visible in the workplace? What are some things that, that you recommend that people are like, you know what, I need to have this mind, mind shift? What are some strategies? Mm. I think the first thing for us to do is to have a mind shift or mindset change in the fact that um, I think we, we believe it's bragging or um, selfless self-promotion mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just not being humble when I would make the case that it is our jobs to be visible because if, if we think firstly our leaders have many many different functions reporting into them so they cannot possibly know everything that we are doing it is our responsibility to update them it's our responsibility to tell them what we are working on and the impact that we are making and recently, I read an article from Harvard Business Review, which who said the author author wrote that um, managing upward upwards is crucial, and your communication skills, including your presentation skills, is absolutely crucial for managing upwards and, and keeping your leader up to date. So, in in a way, I feel it is also our responsibility to do that. I also think that um, you know, I think. I think when we when we think about presenting and self-promotion, we we might have that type of person in our mind that's always on stage and always speaking in meetings and almost never offers anything of value. And we don't want to be like that. <laughs> but the fact is that if you if you have that in your mind, I feel you can be completely confident that you're not that person. You know, so um, looking like that takes some energy for if you have to really push the boundaries to to actually look like that. So I think it is also just firstly changing that mindset that it's my job, it's my responsibility to be visible and speak up and to contribute in meetings. Um, I always make the joke, you know, in our job descriptions, there's not one single line that says sit quietly during meetings. 
not once, you know, it's our responsibility to share ideas, ask questions, challenge each other on, you know, if, if you if you think something can be done differently in a respectful way. And so the second thing I would say on how to be more visible is stay with the basics. I think sometimes when we present or speak, we we think it needs to be super eloquent or you have to have almost TEDx <laughs> speaking skills when just the basics actually helps you. Things like your speech speed. So how fast you speak. I, I always recommend people speak a little bit slower than what they are used to. For the reason that when we speak too fast, firstly, people who are not first language English speakers, you know, they, they also need some time to understand our accents and et cetera. Yes. But also when we speak too fast, we, we can seem uh, nervous and not confident. So just to slow it down, I once res- um, got the, the advice that when you think you're speaking too slow, you're probably at the right pace. Interesting. That would be, that would be my recommendation. Because then you also have some time to think, you have time to connect with a group, and it's just not so rushed when you have to give an idea and, um, you know, give an update. So you bring up some very important points here in, in providing some of this context in, in how we are in our workplace. And so meetings, right? And, and you talk about contributing during meetings, asking questions. But yeah, one of the things uh, and concerns that people have is being not being afraid of saying the wrong thing or mm-hmm. asking a silly question uh, mm-hmm. or, oh, I should know that, or I'm in a leadership mm-hmm. role. Like I shouldn't be asking this question. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, early in my career, I was that person that would just sit on the sidelines and listen to everyone else. And I would just observe and nod and listen. And it was my supervisor who said, Liz, you need to ask questions. You need to, you know, say something, but kind of to your point earlier, I'm like, I don't want to just talk for the sake of talking because I don't want to be that person. Like I want to be able to contribute something meaningful. And so Mm -hmm. you're saying it's, you know, thinking about your tone and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the most eloquent uh, person in the room. So what are some other strategies that you feel would be helpful in, you know, not feeling intimidated and, and, um, contributing one the one that you mentioned earlier was great it's our job to talk about what we're doing that's fantastic um what are some other tips i i I think it's important to realize that the fear is quite natural and if if our bodies kick in right so before a presentation or before a meeting before you want to speak your heart is racing um you don't have a lot of breath because your body is basically releasing adrenaline so you are getting in a fight or flight mode and so your body is reacting and it helps me just to expect it so if I expect that I will feel uncomfortable before this presentation or there's a likelihood that my heart would start racing I can just accept it and go on in any case Um, so the first that would that's what I would say just expect that you would feel uncomfortable and then I have like three levels that I can recommend. Yeah. If if you if you are at the start, it would be um, start complimenting the speaker or the person presenting. You can say, for example, um, I really love the look and feel of your project. It is vibey. It's interesting. It's strong. 
whatever you want to say. But a compliment is very positive, firstly, and also very also supportive of the other person because maybe they also have a racing heart in that moment. It maybe not looks like it, but you don't know what's really going on inside. And it also helps them to just also connect with you and give them some encouragement while they are presenting. And then the second level is to ask a question. And one, if, 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 if anyone in your, in your audience is a preparer, maybe beforehand, prepare and see what are the topics. And then as you progress in your, in your, um, you know, in how good you are with speaking up or how comfortable you are with speaking up, then I would say start challenging or start commenting or start sharing ideas as the third level. I feel that those are great tips, especially when, when thinking about the other person, right? So if there's someone leading a meeting, you know, approaching them, connecting with the person who is uh, presenting in, in that, in that session and connecting with someone else, because you don't know what they're experiencing either. So I think that's good, even in terms of networking with your own colleagues and making those connections. Exactly. Um, and another exactly. point too, is that it, being, unco- being okay with being uncomfortable. And I think speaking in public, doing some type of presentation, even if it's in a small meeting, that can still be scary uh, and uncomfortable. And so being okay with that, but do you have, uh, do you, do you have things that people can do to prepare, you know, cause I, like, I know for me, my heart races, my hands get sweaty. <laughs> what are some tips that you offer for that to, to calm your nerves a little bit before talking? Yeah, I would say if you're in a meeting and you can't move around, that is when um, breathing will help you. Mm-hmm. Um, the box breathing, I don't know if you know it, you know, breathe in for four, hold it for four. It's called box breathing helps quite a lot. Or just to slow yourself down with deep breaths. That is, that helps a lot because the real only way how you can deal with, um, with the nerves or the physical reaction is with physical activity or physical, um, you know, a physical method. And one thing that helps me the most, and this this works really well when you're virtual, is to stand before I have to speak. Because you have more energy and movement when you can stand. Yes, those are great tips. I personally like to do the Amy Cuddy power pose. <laughs> you ever try the Wonder Woman pose? Um, and depending on where I'm at, uh, I'll play some music. So I love Kelly Clarkson. So I play a Kelly Clarkson song and I'll just, like you said, stand up, breathe, and mm-hmm. just mentally prepare for that presentation. And it's funny, Jeanette, because I've done thousands of presentations and I still get nervous. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, is calming down, taking the deep breath, maybe some meditation, but knowing that there are, there are tools that you can use and techniques to, to help you be more confident and to mm-hmm. alleviate some of those nerves and that it's okay. And that is exactly, and that's okay. And to remember that, or to remind yourself that even though you're as nervous, people can't always see it. So just, just go with it, you know, just let it go, just understand it and, in, and enjoy yourself if you can <laughs> during your presentation. Enjoy yourself. And <laughs> thank you for bringing that up because I feel that part of being visible is you know, taking that initiative, as you mentioned, being vocal, asking questions, doing, you know, if it means having to present, I think all those things do increase your, your visibility. 
uh, in the workplace that, you know, depending again on, on what it is that you do now going, going back a little bit to where we started our conversation in terms of self-promotion, how do we get past that feeling of, of bragging? Cause I know a lot of my, my clients will say, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to post on LinkedIn an accomplishment, or I don't want to talk about this great success because it's, it's bragging. How do we get past that? Mm, that is a that is sometimes a difficult one because you 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 know naturally humble people feel that just mentioning things that they do well is bragging. When I I, I feel it is reframing that what it looks like to brag, and saying what you have done well, in my opinion, is not bragging. It is bragging when you inflate it or it becomes the only thing that you ever talk about. I think that that's crossing the line. But just saying what went well and what was your role in that, I feel is is important. Another thing is that the projects that you work on, when they are successful, if 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 it if, if it's helpful to maybe distance yourself because people are already associating you with your projects. So if you can just say what we've achieved with this project or what was the impact with this project without self-promoting and they could associate you with that project, that's already a first step. That's absolutely already um, a first step. I I don't know. I think the best way is just to is just to accept that our opinion and you know, I think also we are being people are being judged for speaking up or sharing their successes and I think that that's maybe where it comes from it's like if you you have to stay within the group whenever you are too successful or too vocal or too seen or um, make too many steps in your career there's always people who have an opinion about that and that's how it is it doesn't that doesn't mean that you should be quiet about the things that you are that, that you are doing well and I, and again I I feel it's again our responsibility because the youngsters coming into the organizations or um, coming into the companies that we work for, they need examples. So they need people that look like them, sound like them, have the same gender and worldview that they do, who are visible. Mm. So I feel it's also our responsibility. And for me as a female, it's my responsibility to be visible as well for the youngsters coming in so that they have more examples of different types of people diversity on stage on stage you know so um so if if that is a motivation just to put a deeper why behind speaking up and being seen rather than just making it about myself I love that Jeanette I you know in the lens of uh, being a developer and a mentor and when you think about it in that way that you're making an impact or, or being a role model, that really does shift it from it's about me to mm-hmm. I'm potentially cultivating another, you know, other leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and even to your point about, you know, people that look like you and that, you know, are from similar backgrounds and that you're visible, um, there's more to it, right? So we, we have more, we have a larger impact that mm-hmm. maybe we're aware of. Uh, And then also I wanted to mention, you know, the reframe that is super helpful. And it reminds me even of when I'm coaching people for job interviews where they're like, oh, well, I don't want to be braggy. And to your point, you know, I'll tell people like, well, if you're, if you're saying like, well, I'm amazing, I'm awesome. I'm the best. 
yes, that's that's bragging. But if you're if you're just listing the facts, you know, exactly. I contributed to this or I was part of a collaborative team where we were able to successfully X, Y, Z, that is different, right? So you're showing the facts and they're not self-opinions. Like I'm amazing. <laughs> so there's a difference. That's a fun, absolutely fantastic. You know, just stating the facts and we, we don't have to put too much emotion around it because it's just the truth. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I love having these conversations. They're so important because I think sometimes we view you know, certain leaders and like, oh, they're just so natural. It's innate or people are just climbing up the ladder, but there's work, right. And, and taking ownership of that and being visible and, and, and taking space, right. Mm -hmm. Like we have to take up space, have these conversations and talk about your accomplishments. Those are the things that will move the needle and that it's okay to do it. And, and that it's not a negative thing, right? And it's necessary to do it, in my opinion. Um, it is, I, I always say, I always joke that the, I feel that presentation skills and being visible and speaking up is like the black sheep of the family. You know, we develop delegation and leadership skills and coaching and all of these skills, but presentation skills are like, mm. and none of us are born with it. You know, um, I, I, there's also no perfect presenter in my opinion. There's no perfect style in my real personal opinion. Um, there's for me super strong introverts as presenters, whether you're extroverted, it, it's really for me, there's no specific way to do it um and i feel that we all have strengths and if we play to our strengths and we bring that out into the presentation and into the meetings and when we speak we naturally enjoy it more so our energy is better and um you know we we just show more of our strengths rather than to focus on things that we should be doing differently um you know i think it's helpful to more focus on your strengths as a strengths-based career coach, I couldn't agree more. Exactly. I, I think that we are all very unique and we bring something to the table and being able to leverage those things, those themes, those innate strengths into the work that we do, even if it's through self-promotion or presentations, I think being mindful of that is uh, will, will bring us closer to where we want to be. Um, absolutely. I, I love all the tips that you shared and Thank you for sharing your personal career experience that we can learn from as well. Um, now, Jeanette, you, you, know, you mentioned a lot of talking points, a lot, and I'm sure that you are somebody that's very well read and you have a ton of resources. Um, are there any particular resources that you would like to share with, um, with people that are listening today? Mm -hmm. I would love to. Um, I am on LinkedIn, so anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. I post there. Um, quite regularly as well on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram where I share tips on presentations, make sometimes jokes about all the things that can go wrong while you speak up in meetings. Um, and then I also created a quiz that is specifically focused on your special style as a presenter and speaker. So it's a quiz that helps you to see what type out of the four types that I have are you and to show you what are your strengths so that you can do more of um, in the presentations. I also give two or three things to be aware of because just in our communication styles, there are things that we should be aware of. 
Um, and so when, when the audience or your audience do the quiz, they will get tips of their strengths and then also some ideas of what they can tweak and do better. Fabulous. I will include all of that information in the show notes so people have access to it. Thank you so much, Jeanette. This is such a refreshing conversation. And until next time, um, thank you. Thank you, Liz. All right. So Jeanette shared a wide range of helpful tips from how to be more visible through self-promotion, being intentional at meetings, and how to be an effective presenter and communicator. These are all valuable strategies that I believe can make a difference in becoming more visible in the workplace, as well as opportunities for career enhancement. I absolutely love talking about these topics. And as someone who had a fear of public speaking, I appreciate learning and sharing presentation techniques. So if you are someone who has a fear of public speaking, please check out episode 28, where I share strategies and five tips to boost your confidence. All right, I challenge you and I challenge myself to apply some of the tips that we learned today. I'd love to connect with you. I'm on Instagram at Liz Career Coaching or on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Liz Herrera, your career coach and job search ally.